the Double Exposure Podcast, Both Sides of Photography. I'm your host, Zaire. Welcome back. Uh, this is episode four. Hey, check me out being consistent. And today I have one of my favorite people in general, not just a photographer. Miss Cassie Athena is in the building. I wish I had sound effects, but hello. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> How Thanks are you? for having me. No problem. How are you today? I'm great. Good, good, good. Okay, so right out the gate, are you the queen of sports photography? <laughs> I, I need I need to clarify this. Are you the queen of sports photography? Man, if you want to call me that, then we'll say that. Yeah, sure. Hey! <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take the crown. No, okay, and I'm not trying to boast or brag for you, but I say queen of sports photography because, one, there is no woman that I know of that who is doing what you're doing doing it how you're doing it, and doing it without a brand or company behind you to fund it or get you the access that you have. So um, I think that would make you the queen of sports photography because let alone, I don't know many or any uh, female photographers in sports other than Nikki. What up, Nikki? (laughs) But uh, yeah, I don't don't know anybody else who does what you do. So I think that would give you the stamp for uh, being queen of photography, sports photography right now. So... I'll take that. Yeah, hey, I mean, hey. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, but um, just to start off, um, what got you into the field of photography you're in and what kept you there? A uh, big part of it was my dad. Um, he he kind of experimented with cameras when he was younger, took a couple of college classes, but he just always was like passionate about just capturing moments. And so when I was younger, he uh, would always take pictures of me and videos of me and you know, he had all the film stuff back then. And so I kind of always grew up around a camera. And I think I just always associated it with this is to capture moments that you want to relive over and over again. And so as I grew older, I just always kind of had a camera in my hand. And I didn't ever take it serious as like a profession. It kind of just found me. But uh, I bought my first, I guess, somewhat professional camera when I was in college around 2008, I believe. Right. And so I was a Canon Digital Rebel. I just bought like a kit from Costco and I just kind of, I just had it to take pictures of my friends. I never thought I would be where I'm at today with it. So that's kind of how I got started. Right. And you hooped in college, didn't you? Yeah, I was more of a volleyball player okay. all through high school. And then um, when I got to college, you know, I was six feet tall since like ninth grade. So I just, <laughs> it kind of just made sense. And so um, I played at Glendale College for a couple of years. And I wasn't really into playing basketball as a profession, but I love to be around like the culture and the community and, you know, all the different sports and then just take pictures for fun of the guys team. So it kind of just it kind of just pushed my two loves of sports and art 
together was when I was in college. Right. And um, one thing about you and your brand is your watermark is pretty much your your check. That's your Jordan symbol. That's your Nike sign. That's your three stripes. That's what people know you for. And even before they knew you, they knew that watermark and couldn't uh, put two and two together. But eventually they figured out who you were from that watermark. I want to ask you, what is the advantages and disadvantages of using and having a watermark in 2018? Well, the main reason I started using it is because I wanted to get my photo credit. Right. And this was like back before, you know, even Twitter was really a thing. Um, just even on Facebook and stuff, I wanted, you know, at least to get credit and, um, people were cropping off my watermark in the corner of my pictures. And right. so I was like, you know what? I'm going to just put it next to their face. So, um, <laughs> I did it to begin with. It's just like, if I'm putting in all this work and time and money, like for free, the least I want is credit. So I kind of did it as a forced way of like, you know, just making sure I get credit for my photo because it could turn to more opportunity. And um, I was also an art major in college, so I studied a lot of paintings and all that. And you never see an artist not sign their artwork. So for me, I felt like it's to get credit, but it's also like me completing my photo in a way. Right. Um, and I definitely had horrible reviews when it first came out. Like a lot of people hated my watermark. They were like, why are you doing this? Um, especially from other photographers. A lot of photographers would tell me that it was ugly. And, me included. Me and, included. Including <laughs> the um, Me included, but... Yeah. And and to be fair, like, at first it did kind of... It was weird for me as well because I was so used to seeing photos with nothing on it. And now I have my watermark. And then I kind of just kept... Uh, I just kept doing it. And then as I started working with, like, bigger celebrities, they all kept it on. Not, not one of them ever complained. And then it turned into, like... It just turned into like this thing where now people want my watermark. Like I get paid now to take pictures and keep my watermark on it. So um, in 2018, I feel like everybody needs watermarks. Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily because you want to brand it or not brand it, but it's just because people still work so much and stuff can go really viral on the internet. Exactly. And you and it's also an opportunity for you to get more work. You know, if if a huge st uh, Instagram personnel personality or celebrity post your photo that you took and doesn't give you credit now all that audience can't come hire you so right yeah and yeah it's it's a bad world where we can't get credit for the work we do um one thing that well this podcast is for photographers we're talking to photographers future photographers or people who just like photography so one thing you do or have done that i've seen you do that i've never thought to do was You'll remove logos from people's clothes if, <laughs> if you're not getting paid for that or if they're wearing a brand that is not cutting you a check or anything like that. Like, that brand logo really doesn't need to be there in your photo. Like, I've seen you take a uh, a logo off a shirt, a headband, and... <laughs> I did it yesterday. That's <laughs> but but it, it's... In business, it's necessary. I'm not... if When you have the following that you have on your Instagram... Anybody could take that picture, especially if their logos on a shirt, and just say, "Yeah, we're uh, book. We got this," or create a false uh, narrative for things of that nature. So it would be different if they paid you, but if they didn't pay you, their logo doesn't need to be there. So yeah, kudos to that, and that's insane to me. 
Um, I really don't Photoshop off big brands like Nike, Adidas, Jordan brand. Like those companies I work with and I'm cool with and they don't, they're not known for stealing photos anyway. So I'm not worried about them. But more so just like smaller brands or clothing lines and stuff like that. In the past, they've taken my photos and they've, you know, used it as advertisement on their websites, their Instagram, including cutting off my watermark and everything. So instead of just getting upset about it, um, I just have now photoshopped it off and... I'm really good at Photoshop. A lot of people don't know how good I am at Photoshop. So. <laughs> now, you can be removed from a picture. Exactly. Know that. Entire people can be removed, so be careful. <laughs> oh, you have uh, created a um, reputation, a resume of being where other people can't be as far as the NBA goes. Um, can you... Speak a little about the NBA etiquette versus the celebrity etiquette being a photographer. Like certain things that you can and cannot shoot for celebrities and things that you can and cannot shoot for NBA players. Yeah, well, when I first started mainly shooting at the Drew League, that's kind of how I got my first foot in the door with a lot of athletes. Um, After that summer ended, none of the big media outlets with sports wanted to hire me so that's why I started um, gravitating towards like entertainment celebrities the game specifically uh, because they have a little more control over their career and who they bring around them and um, and so but being around a gangster rapper and really learning the whole game from him was a lot different because you know they're gonna smoke they're gonna drink they're gonna be at the club a lot they're gonna do a lot of things that they want documented and shared because it's a part of their image it's a part of their brand so I learned a lot from him and then when the summer would come back around and I'm shooting basketball players you know there's still basketball players who go to the club and have fun and all that but they don't necessarily want all that documented so I just had to learn real quick and even certain people I mean there's NBA players who absolutely love every moment of their life documented (laughs) and shared on the internet as fast as possible and then there's others where like I could shoot them but I need to ask them for permission of what I post or I have to wait till they leave that city before I can post it so um, every player is very different but for the most part I've just kind of learned what, if I was that person, what would I want to be shared? And that's kind of how I do it is I just put myself in their shoes. So if I'm shooting a gangster rapper, yeah, they're going to want to have a little more of that that image put out there. If I'm shooting um, an NBA player, someone like Steph Curry, you're going to want to show all the cool stuff he does off the court with philanthropy or with kids or with, you know, different charities. So it's just a little different, but you just kind of gauge people and go off of that. Right. And not using any names, what is one of the craziest things you photographed and not shared? <laughs> um, I was, I don't know, I was at a club one time uh, in LA, in Hollywood. It doesn't exist anymore. They changed the name. Um, As they always do. Always. It's, it's, Same it's, building, it's getting too ratchet. Name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was at the club and um, I had my camera and so like I was with a rapper and the rapper started leaving and then one of his entourage members was, like, getting in a verbal fight with somebody. And then the other dude picked up a bottle and went to go smash it on the head of the guy. Wow. And he, like, hit him in the head. It didn't break. And then it just, like, a brawl broke out because rappers hang around. You know, they have entourages. So it was just everything. So then the rapper came back in, and he started, like, trying to break it up. And I'm just taking pictures. I'm standing <laughs> up in the seats like, this is wild. 
and it was so bad. It looked like the rapper was fighting, but he wasn't. He was trying to stop it. Yeah. And so then they left. It was no problem. And then um, the the promoters from the club threatened me afterwards, like, you better not post these pictures. And I was like, look, I'm not posting them because I like the rapper I'm with. And yeah. I'm going to send him all the pictures so he can laugh about this later. But, you know, it was, it was a very interesting thing because... You know, I never posted them. I I did send them all to the the guy I was shooting, and he thought that they were wild and crazy. But <laughs> it's like them old Tupac pictures. And yeah, stuff like that. yeah, there's some stuff even gangster rappers don't want to share. So well, maybe yeah. maybe in forty or fifty years, you'll do a gallery and include those pictures. On yeah, it. doesn't matter anymore. Um, the see see, I know you. I know you. Per- <laughs> I know you better than uh, most people on the internet do. <laughs> <laughs> so me and you get in Instagram arguments all the time because uh, I'm being, I'm I'm telling a joke and your fans think I'm trolling. So I have the best time just going back and forth with your fans because they really stick up for you as if I'm a, just a stranger who doesn't know you. So I find that funny, but also you play the game very well. The the game being. Instagram professionalism and uh, knowing what to say about something. For example, you work with and post a lot of NBA players, but never have you said, this is my favorite player, this is my favorite dunker, this is, like specifically, you said, this is one of my favorites, I really enjoy, Uh, I had a great time shooting, it's never specific to that one person is that intentional or you do you even realize you're doing it um I do realize I'm doing that Uh, when I first started getting into photography I was uh maybe a little too open on Twitter and Instagram and it got me in trouble a few times because I would just share whatever thoughts would come to my head like most people do and um I had to learn that I was working with corporates and different you know companies even though I wasn't working for just one company but it's just like now I have to be very sensitive about who I talk about because I don't want to offend stuff. And um, it, it took me a, like a little bit of time to learn. It took like a year or two of getting in trouble. And then finally one of my mentors was like, look, from now on, anytime you post to social media, it needs to be something neutral. It shouldn't be like it, you're biased or your opinion. It should just be something very factual. So um, that kind of helped me change how I approach what I post. And I still am a little biased because there's guys I'm friends with and I want to see them do well, of course. So, um, But I definitely don't have a favorite. And, you know, so people would get... And, and if I were to post it, I feel like people would get in their feelings. I mean, sometimes I'll go... I remember at the end of, like, 2015 or 16, I did a post on Instagram where I posted my favorite pictures from the year. And I remember there was, like, one picture I took of, a, of an NBA player that I didn't post. But it actually was one of my favorites. But I just they didn't have the 10-picture carousel back right. then. And he, like, gave me a hard time for the whole next year. It's like, <laughs> I wasn't in there. He's like, that was the best picture you took, and you didn't post it. And it was just funny to see how, like, you know, everybody gets kind of in their feelings about stuff. So I just don't do that. I just do, like, one of my favorites. or yeah, yeah. Well... If we're being honest, and we are being honest, <laughs> basketball players are very emotional. <laughs> well, very, what? very, and very football emotional. Players aren't. Well, athletes in general. Not let's not just say humans basketball. Humans in general. Humans are emotional, yes. but athletes are more emotional, no. especially when it comes to pitchers that show their emotion for that sport, kind of thing. 
But I, that could just be me. Don't let me speak for Cassie. Uh, <laughs> now, I wouldn't be me if I didn't ask you. If you didn't troll. I, troll, whatever. I'm not trolling. I'm sitting right next to you. Trolls are on the internet. Fair I am, enough. You I'm say very, it to my face. I do. I'm very personal and direct. Um, where the hell is the Behind the Lens series? Okay, so... <laughs> For through the lens. <laughs> sorry, sorry, through the lens. Um, uh, it hasn't been out, so I forgot the name. Oh sorry. my goodness. <laughs> where is through the lens? Please, please uh, tell me where it's at. Yeah. Why is it no longer uh, updated episodes? Because I know you have plenty of footage that has not hit the internet. Yep, it's living on my external hard drives right now uh, in a secret location. Don't try to come find it, anybody. So, um oh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, I'm like a one-person team, and so I kind of just, you know, I love filming. I love showing a different side of players, not just through photography, but through video. And um, I just kept filming, 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 and I think I just kind of overwhelmed myself. Uh, you know, like one day I think I'd like to get that picked up or, or get it funded in a way that I could have a team of editors help me out or something, but... For now, I'm still filming all the time. I still film players a lot. Yep, I filmed at least 10 players last summer. Who was the, who was the last person you filmed since we're never going to see it? <laughs> I filmed an episode on Wesley Matthews. Oh, my God. He's really private. He doesn't let anyone even, like, shoot his personal life. And he let me film him for a whole week in L.A. So, um, I'm sad. I'm going to end up filming it. I just need to find an editor that uh, I could trust. So, any editor out there uh, looking to... <laughs> Have an amazing resume off top. True. Contact Cassie. <laughs> Let me know. She needs a video editor, a consistent one <laughs> who can edit multiple episodes in a timely manner. Yeah. You will be paid. Maybe. <laughs> we got the internship programs going. <laughs> Intern. Okay, you might be paid, uh, but but the, your resume is gonna be your like resume, any videos. Yeah. If you like sports, if you need to, something on your resume to get to slam or. Anything sports related, you might want to uh, look into this. That's crazy. You really just—it's yeah. gonna come soon. I'm I'm working on some stuff. I'm gonna have it come back out again, but I think it's gonna be shorter. I think it was too long. They were like mini documentaries. Right. Each one was like 15 minutes, so it might be down to like five minute episodes. See, I'm just thinking broad and the bigger picture. I think you can easily sell it to Netflix. Well, it could be a, a, a. I agree. A Netflix. Actually, you probably should. Might might take this out of this episode, but <laughs> you should sell the first season of what you already have on YouTube to Netflix, and that will be an incentive for the second season of the stuff that they haven't seen. So, yeah, they they giving out checks, so they they might want to look into that because I see a lot of sports documentaries, and if not them, then Showtime, HBO. I don't know. I don't know. That's just a bigger picture, but the content is. One of a kind because again you are you have access that nobody else has and probably would have never get without a company. Yeah. So that that makes you unique and that's what makes you amazing and Thank the you. queen <laughs> of sports photography slash videography slash videography <laughs> of videos you never see. But <laughs> there's a few out there. Is there anything you would like to let the people know before we end this beautiful episode? It's already over. 
It doesn't have to be. What do you want to talk about? We can talk about anything. You want to ask me some questions? You can uh, delve <laughs> into my uh, world. But I feel like it went by too fast. Well, no, I think what what is fifty nine seconds? I think- I, I'm curious about I'm curious about what you think about watermarks and why you think that why you don't use watermarks. I want to know the opposite end to um, what I did. For starters, I'm very indecisive. I'm very indecisive when it comes to my pictures. Because by the time I share it with somebody, I've looked at it maybe 50 or 70 times. Between choosing that picture, between editing, then re-editing, then doing a whole different edit, then comparing those two edits. So by the time anybody in the public sees it, I hate it, (laughs) to be honest with you. I hate the picture by the time it hits the uh, internet. So Watermark is a distraction. Like I'm very easily distracted Mm -hmm. and... I'm a very visual person. Like, I think in visuals and I uh, operate in visuals. So, if I see an amazing picture, I'm not going to intentionally put something there to distract me. But, the reason you do it, I understand it. But, I just, because I'm such a visual person, that person, and I'm indecisive, like, I can't have that on my picture because it distracts me and then I think it takes away from the picture. But then, how do you feel when you see your picture on Drake's Instagram with no photo proof? I'm pissed. <laughs> I, I'm I'm pissed, but I, what can you do? Because right. then there's people like Chris Brown who intentionally removes the watermark. So there's, there's, that's happened to me a couple times. I was yeah, I was speaking for you because oh. <laughs> oh. I know you wasn't going to say the name, but yeah, I've seen him do that. But he's he, also left my watermark before too. So, right. Yeah. And then on top of that, like I changed my logo. I've changed my logo like three times. So if I did use a watermark, then I would be out of outdated. Because I change my logo so often. Right. Like I've been a photographer for nine, ten years, and I've changed my logo, I think, four times. Four times in that time span. So I don't want to be set in stone with anything as far as a logo. So I don't want to watermark something. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, but I, when I know somebody's going to take my picture, I watermark it. Or if it's somebody I know, like, everybody's going to pick this up, like, um, uh, that Kobe picture. That Kobe picture, I knew it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Everybody was going to take it because he was getting out of a helicopter. So I was like, yeah, I definitely have to watermark this. I, and I don't even think I did. Like, I watermarked I it after. I, <laughs> I watermarked it after I realized that, oh, oh shit, they're about to take this. So, But, yeah, and I, it doesn't bother me that much because it happens so often. But in the same token, it pisses me off. Right. Because. That's something I feel like you should talk about on this podcast, too, is about. Because I don't think people realize how upset photographers get when, I mean, me too. Like, my Nick Young meme, like, it bothers me, like, really Every bad time. when I see people, like, deliberately steal it. And I was in China, and I saw fans outside the hotel with shirts right. that had the Nick Young meme. And I'm like, I can't even do anything about that. Like, right. And it's just like, it's cool that you know it's yours, but it sucks that nobody else knows. <laughs> well, just... just- where you didn't get paid people, for it. People are selfish by nature, unfortunately. That's just human nature. And when you find people who aren't, that's amazing. But people are only looking out for self. People only care about their following or trying to get their likes. So if they know, if they post something that they know can get more likes or more attention, mm-hmm. like they're going to do it. So stealing a photographer's picture isn't that big of a deal until we make it a big deal because. They even when we leave a comment like "oh must be nice" or "great photo," wonder where you got it from, something like that, like little slide stuff that we do as photographers, and then they go, "oh sorry, we would, we we didn't know where it came." Yes, you did. You know exactly where it came from because right. 
Like, come on now, don't 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 play me for a fool. But you you did it because you want your brand to be amazing, but you don't want to credit or pay the photographer. Right. So yeah, it's yeah. There's there's a lot of things that happen to us, but you have to look at it as my work is great enough to be stolen. Like, right. th- there were days and years where my photos were trash and nobody even looked at them, let alone wanted to steal them. So I look at it as, okay, cool. I guess I'm doing something right if this brand wants my photo a part of their feed or something like that. Like I try to find the positive in it, but yeah, it's, it's irritating, but. What do you, I know, I feel like I'm interviewing no, you. No, please know. do. You, you can make a whole other episode. This is a conversation. This is a conversation. <laughs> Me asking Zaya questions. Please do. Um, so I'm curious because a lot of people don't know, like, you and I kind of both started in similar times. And mm-hmm. we were both, like, around the Drew League during the lockout. And it kind of just went from there. So we see each other at all the same events. Right. Um, and a big, and we both started on Instagram at the same time. But you, I feel like you don't post as much, even though you could post just as much as I do. Because you're at a lot of the same stuff I am. Is there a... What's the question? As far as like your brand, how come you you post certain things on Instagram? Is that going back to like you're in, indecisive? Do you find it helpful to grow your brand on the internet? Do you feel like you found any clients and work from the internet? Or do you feel like you find most of your work in real life so you don't need that? Do you think photographers should use social media? What's your outtake on that? Um, with me, my gift and my curse is that I shoot everything. Like, there's, I shoot weddings, I shoot sports, I shoot events, birthdays, uh, maternity, anything and everything. Or at least that's what I post because I know that's what I can make money from. Because I'm a full-time freelancer, so I need to pay my bills. So I only post what I think is going to make me money. Uh, I haven't decided to shoot one thing for my career because I love everything. And even if I only shoot or show that I shoot one thing, I don't like only that on my Instagram feed. So I do have an Instagram page for weddings, but that's because I know weddings can get me more money and people like to see only weddings when they're looking for a wedding photographer. So I consciously made that decision, but I think choosing one thing to shoot can be amazing if you really want to shoot that for the rest of your career. Like with you, if because you love sports, and I can tell you love sports because... You do things that people project to try to do, but you're also at the high school games. Like, you're not too big or too good to shoot Steph Curry and then go shoot an AAU team. So that's where you're unique and special. But me, I honestly, I'm only going to shoot something I can make money for or from, whether I'm being paid to be there or if I know the people that are there, I can potentially network and then make a check out of that but my passion is running into my personal life with having bills and stuff of that nature so I don't choose one topic I choose everything which is probably my downfall because if I posted one thing I'm pretty sure I would be great at booking that one thing but I don't want to choose one thing so do you feel like social media can help up-and-coming photographers like what advice and I'll answer it too but like what advice <laughs> Would you give to up-and-coming photographers who, like, hey, like, not like, oh, what camera should I buy this and that? Like, they got, like, a little starter camera. How do they get their work out there, and how do they make a unique mark in this photography world? Especially now with, 
iPhones being so great. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, everybody's like, oh, the portrait mode. Like, the portrait mode on iPhones bothers me so much because it's trying <laughs> to simulate, like, the depth of field. And you can see it's, like, blurry, but not, you know. Right. We're a little OCD as photographers because we have the real thing. Right. Um, but at the same time, a lot of people are looking at photographers like, oh, I don't really need to hire a photographer. I have a camera phone. Like, so what do you say to, like, people, first of all, that think camera phones can compete with what we do? And also, up-and-coming photographers, how can they get their, like, what do they need to do to stand out amongst all the cameras and phones? Um, to answer what photographers should do, I think, first, they should know photography. Um, learn lighting, learn um, basic things like shutter speed, f-stops, and ISO. Uh, things that will never change in photography because no matter what the camera is, it has the same concepts. Whether it's mirrorless, medium format, Hasselblad, Nikon, Canon, um, all those things have the same concepts. So know photography, learn it, continue to learn it, forever be a student. And then secondly, I would say know your demo. Um, no matter how people try to put, I'm an artist or anything like that, you are providing a service. Photography is a service industry, so you have to cater to some person in some form or fashion. Whether it's booking a wedding or a project for a company or brand, you're providing a service to provide them with images. So I would say know what you want to shoot, know your demo for that topic, and then cater to them because that's who will potentially uh, take care of you. And as far of, far of, <laughs> as far as iPhone photographers, I'm... I don't care about them because they don't bother me other than being in my way when I'm trying to choose something. But I feel like if it's more so the people who hire photographers and then they're the people who are using their iPhones to take pictures, I'm like, I'm literally here for no reason if you're going to take pictures on your phone and you hired me to take pictures. This happens a lot at weddings and a lot of uh, sporting events. Mm -hmm. So I'm... It's just, I get confused, but I don't care because I've been paid already. So I don't, I just think people need to understand if you're going to hire a photographer, let that photographer do their job and just relax. You don't need to take pictures on your phone. If you wanted to do that, you shouldn't have hired a photographer. Yeah. So what do you think about uh, iPhone photographers and Man. the future of photography or what you what tips would you give photographers? Um, As far as iPhones go, I mean, I feel like, yeah, every now and then you're going to get, like, a decent iPhone picture, but it's never going to be the same quality as a camera just because of, you know, all the experience and the eye and the equipment. It's just a lot different when you have an actual, like, photographer, like you said. And I ran into that, is I ran into that issue this past weekend, actually, at one of the high school games I was shooting. Um, I was the photographer for that tournament, so I was there shooting, and everybody that was in my way had their iPhones out because they were all trying to film video because it was like two of the top like 10th graders in the country and they were going back and forth doing crazy dunks and like everybody wanted to get a video for their Instagram. And it's just like, I can't distinguish if somebody's a part of like a real media outlet or if they're just there with their iPhones or whatever. And it was a little difficult for me to maneuver and you know, luckily I got most of the dunks but I did miss a few because somebody would just run in front of me with their camera, you know, phone and, and stuff like that, it gets frustrating just as a professional because like you're there to capture those moments so like you don't need to have all these outside people but sometimes you can't control it especially when you're at an event like a wedding 
you know, where there's guests there who are going to have phones and flashes going and all that, and same with sporting events. So, um, definitely, it, it, it bothers me a little, but I don't, I'm not threatened by phone technology. People ask me all the time, oh, the megapixels going up, and I'm like, it doesn't, <laughs> it's not even a thing. Like, right. Um, and um, I, as far as, like, up-and-coming photographers, I agree with, with what you were saying. Like, it is a service. You need to find people and what they need, but that goes back to where you have to, like, find something you're passionate about and just learn about the craft. Like, I never um, started taking pictures because I thought I was going to shoot NBA players and celebrities one day. Like, that wasn't even my goal. It just happened. So, um, and honestly, like, the way it started with me is I was taking pictures of my friends, and that's all I wanted, and now I just have more friends. Like, I really, to this day, everybody that I take pictures of, and that's why I think I get so upset, too, when... Not you commenting, but like when other people, <laughs> when people like troll in my comments oh, about a certain player I posted because I have a personal relationship with probably 99% of the people I post on my Instagram. Like it's very rare I post somebody that I don't even know at all. Um, and so, you know, and I think that's what makes it so special is I'm there to take pictures of my friends. And that's why I think it's weird when people come up to me like, yo, can I get a picture? Like, I don't even know you like that's weird this is my personal camera like would you ask another stranger to take a picture on their camera so to me it gets weird like that but um but I you know like I agree like you just have to really find something that you love doing and do it because the hours that we spend editing too is something that's not seen like people see myself or Zaire or Nikki or whoever else like when we're out at events and we're out shooting you're like, oh, it looks so glamorous. Like, they're around all these cool people and they have all these cool moments, which, true, it is. But they don't see the part when we're back at home and we're sitting on our laptops and at we're 3 a.m. 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 24 hours straight. Because like, you guys went through pictures in five minutes after yeah. the day. It's, and, it's, and it's a lot of work. And if you don't absolutely love doing it, you will never survive as a photographer. Like, you, you can't do this because you want the money or to hang around celebrities, or to do it, because even, even as paparazzi, like, I've met a lot of paparazzi, a lot of them get a bad rap, but when you meet paparazzi, they're very talented with taking pictures, they understand how to take a picture, and quickly, in the right settings, so it's not like they just got thrown in there because they wanted to do it, like, even at any level that you're finding photographers, you have to be knowledgeable of what you're doing, you could be self-taught, I didn't go to school for photography. Me either. Yeah, and you know, there's so many opportunities. I always tell people, just Google it. Just YouTube it. Like, people <laughs> really think I'm being mean, but, like, that's how I learned so much. Like, you know, YouTube, Google, take advantage of the internet. Take advantage of podcasts like this. Take advantage of listening to other photographers who have done things in this industry and, like, really made a name for themselves. Listen to how they all speak and learn from them. I learn all the time. I'm always learning. Have you uh, ever regret it not being paparazzi? <laughs> no. Because I've had some times, I was like, man, I could just sell this so easily. Just... <laughs> be good for the next two months. Like, I'm good. Man, you, but... never, you never had that thought? Be honest. Be no, honest. never. What? I've never. I mean, there's definitely moments where I'm like, if I was a different person, I could definitely sell out on this moment. Right. But um, then you'll never get that moment again because now you've lost the trust of all those people. Because, right. I mean, the majority of paparazzi... They, they don't really have a relationship with any of the people they shoot. And they I think they do that on purpose, too. It's easier to, like, disconnect between that person and not feel as bad if you're invading their bubble and stuff. And, right. and some of them are great. Some of them are jerks. It's just, like, any, like, field. Right. But um, 
a lot of times, like, the access I get is so personal that if I were to expose just one person, my entire career would be over. Right. So it just doesn't even cross my mind. Like, I mean, I see stuff where I'm like, yo, this is crazy <laughs> that I'm even allowed in here with right. my camera. But um, but I'm allowed in there because they know I'm not going to sell it. So And honestly, like, I've worked with different paparazzi before and I've sold pictures to TMZ and all that stuff, like positive pictures, never anything negative. And, like, the only way you're going to get a lot of money from doing that is if you get some crazy picture of, like, a huge celebrity. So even, right. like, if I were to sell out the people I'm around, you're not going to make as much money as, like, right. <laughs> getting and then, the money. And then once you start selling them, then I'm sure your access will be denied exactly. very soon. So. By everybody, yeah. And then yeah. I'm going to be stuck sitting outside restaurants right. waiting for people. So. <laughs> Integrity is worth way more. Way yeah. more. Yeah. And I do it because I love it. That's I think that's the goal in everybody's life is to find something you love doing and get paid for it. Like, right. So I definitely I definitely agree that you should be technical, but you should definitely find something that you just are obsessed with and love doing. Right. And this will be my last question to you. Um, you got a picture of me uh, next to Allen Iverson, and um, <laughs> I pride myself in not being starstruck ever. I like I'm I'm rarely excited to see anybody no matter who it is i don't run up to anybody and get a selfie i don't do anything but with that picture like i saw the picture and i was like okay cool that's how Iverson. and then i just remembered of all my childhood years of crossing over like ai trying to dribble like him i want to grow my hair to get braids like like he, he changed basketball for me when i was a kid has there ever been like a moment that you just was like wait a minute, this is blah, 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 this is crazy? Um, I mean, I would say, okay, so answering this question, because <laughs> knows too much about me, so he knows, <laughs> he knows everyone I get excited about shooting the... For um, all the wrong reasons. <laughs> no, they're all the right reasons. Um, I'm just admiring God's creation. <laughs> so um, definitely when I first started, before I was even a photographer, I was like a super fan. I would get excited if somebody would tweet me back, right? Like, the celebrity, just super fan. And then when I started being around celebrities, I, oh, my God, I got to get a selfie with you. I got to... And I just learned really fast that, like, when you start doing that, you put yourself in a fan zone. Like, they right. kind of mentally put you in that category. So then after that, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to build a relationship with them and not ask for selfies. And then that's kind of how it happened. And, um, uh, I mean, there's definitely moments where... I've been like, wow. Like, I would, I definitely say, um, uh, with Steph Curry, that was pretty cool. Like, we were at All Star Weekend. I covered him the whole week. And, um, there was just times, like, where, you know, he went golfing and I went with him and his dad golfing. And, you know, Steph was like, hey, like, you know about golfing? Let me show you. And he was like teaching me how to golf. And he was like so passionate about it. He was just teaching me all this stuff. And, it was, like, moments like that where I'm like, well, this is kind of cool, you know? Yeah, like, it just this happens is, to be Steph Curry. Yeah, just like, happens. it's Sunday morning <laughs> at 8 a.m. before the All-Star game, and I'm golfing with Steph Curry. And stuff like that is really cool, but at the same time, I don't I don't get starstruck because I'm like, I want to build a relationship, and I have a relationship with these people. But there's definitely him was pretty cool. Um, you know, when, I, when you see, like, someone like LeBron James in person, you see a lot of these All-Stars, like, their presence is is felt by everybody in the room around them and you're just like well that's kind of cool but at the same time i've kind of built relationships as have you like i think especially during the lockout like guys like james harden and paul george and john wall these were all like 
great players, but not at the level they're at now. So I think as we've watched them grow, we kind of just got used to being around them. But if you take a step back and realize they're like, dang, this is actually pretty crazy. Like around Kobe, I'm sure that was... Well, what's a, what's a moment besides Iverson? I'd say the Kobe helicopter coming out. Like, stuff like that is really cool. Uh, no. Oh, I forgot. We're talking to a Laker hater. No, I'm a Laker fan hater. <laughs> I'm a Laker hater. Okay, okay. right. Fair enough. But no, that moment was... It wasn't because it was Kobe. Because that was the first time like I was in like a personal space where he was and not like at a game or anything. But like you always hear about him taking a helicopter to, the, to and from the Staples Center. Like, he never's on the freeway. So, just seeing him, how like, how the team operates when he's about to arrive in the helicopter, where the helicopter's going to land, his route to the room, and then the route back to the helicopter right after. It's like, it's so militant, but just for an athlete, just because he's an athlete, athlete, <laughs> just because he's an athlete, the, uh, just, it's crazy. It was crazy to see that face-to-face. Like, yeah, that's Kobe Bryant, but he is... A icon. He's he's a definitely an icon. So that was a cool moment, Allen Iverson moment. Um, and yeah, that's I, you know I don't get excited about nothing. I still haven't met Jay Z, so I probably won't get excited <laughs> until. I do that. Yeah, I definitely don't get excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being a part of this podcast, episode four. Ooh. Cassie Athena's. Uh, thank you for your time, and tell the people where they can find you and. What you have coming in the future. So you can find me on Instagram. Cassie Athena is my personal page. Cassie Athena Photo is my photo page. Twitter, Facebook, all that is Cassie Athena. Website, CassieAthena.com. Um, yeah, that's coming up next. You'll have to see. This summer is probably going to be crazy for me as every summer it has been. Um, I got some stuff coming out in the works. That she's not going to tell you about, obviously. Can't tell you about it <laughs> just yet. But maybe by the time this episode, I have a watermark t-shirt coming out soon with my Cassie Athena watermark. So, you know, if you want to get the official watermark, that's the closest you can get for now. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And until you hear my voice again, be great, my friend.